Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Welcome to Dr. Homebrew, our second show for the month of February, and we're very excited to be here. We have an in-studio guest, someone called Peter Munoz, who I believe is German. Hey, hang on. Try yeah. again, Peter. Hey, what's going on? Hey, doing all right. How are you doing? Not too bad. You've been here before. I have. Several times. times. Yeah, for sure. He's also a beer judge. That's right. What uh, what level, what gradient of beer judge are you? I am still a certified. Wow. Yeah. I'm supposed to move up at some point, but just... I haven't taken the time. You haven't taken the time. Nah. Well, instead of instead of studying or taking the test, you're here with us. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We right, should be judge. able to magically wave our wands from Doctor Homebrew at you, or That's you what know, I'm hoping you know, and will inoculate take you like six somehow. As well, yeah, you're supposed to, we'll swap your cheek, and right. in, in nine months you'll be uh, a, a, a national. At least national. Yeah, I'll, 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 yeah. I'll take that. Minimum, minimum, of minimum national. national. We would yeah. never disrespect you, Peter, by grading you lower yeah. than national. Eighty-one yes. points. Yeah, I'll be fine mm-hmm. with that. <laughs> uh, before we get started, though, thank you to Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and you. You too can become the uh, cleaning version of a national BJCP judge. That means you know at least a little bit about stuff. Um, and in this case, it's cleaning and sanitizing with five-star products. I'm very excited for NHC coming up because we get to hang out with the uh, folks at Five Star again. Yeah, we like so them. that's yeah. always a good. Time. I'm excited for CBC because Five Star is always at CBC. Also, so if you're at CBC, oh man, Brian, I'm not even going to go check that out. Yeah, Dude, it's going to be great. I haven't gone to CBC in years because Justin doesn't take me anymore. Yeah, it's go. too bad, man. It's a lot of fun. I've got a client that goes every year, so I kind of go and hang out with him a little. And uh, it's a client that I met at HomebrewCon in. Oh. Uh, was it? Portland that we had that a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, I met him yeah. in, in in Portland. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun, and it's not always a it's, a, it's more of an industry thing than a homebrew thing. Yeah, but is this uh, the one in Austin? Yes, yeah, the one in San Antonio. Or San Antonio, yeah. Antonio sorry. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're staying like uh, half a mile or less than that from the Alamo. Nice, nice. Which I've I been like, to before, and it's like really tiny, it's and it's so hard tiny. to remember it because it's like it, it's not big. What yeah. time of year? Yeah. Uh, it's this this uh, April, April, I think. I yeah. Believe, yeah, it's April. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, not so good lord, not summertime. Yeah. Not no too one's bad. going to Central Texas in the summer if they can help it. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. No. Yeah. I love Texas. I love Central Texas. It is not fun in July. We, we've been in July. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, 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 I feel sucks. for you. Yeah. Well, we would go oh, on yeah. summer vacations. We would drive through there in the middle of the night if we could. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Know. I remember the, the first time I ever went to Texas, it was 2001. It was homebrew. Well, back then it was NHC. Um, 2001 Dallas Fort Worth, and the 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 doors from the airport, like where you pick up your luggage, you know the double doors. Mm-hmm. The first set of doors open, you're like, oh, it's a little muggy. And the second set of doors, and it's like oh, it was like opening an oven to check on your fucking cookies or whatever. <laughs> yes. like, and we landed at like 11 o'clock at night. It was oh, disgusting. Yeah. A water filled oven. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. It never gets but, better. No, it doesn't. Until, like, October. It doesn't ever, though, in Texas? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's get our first guest on the line, huh? We have Chris coming up here. And uh, what does he have, a, some sort of pumpkin spice, John? A pumpkin spice beer, yeah. You know what? I, I pretty well, I'll just I'll save the accolades for, for Chris if he picks up the phone. I don't know. Here we go. Hey, Chris, are you there? Hello. Chris. Hello. Hey, hey, what? Hey, what's up, dude? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Contact. Bad phone uh, cord. How's it going, man? Good. Yeah, bad headphones. I guess. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Not too bad. I was just about to tell Brian, uh, Brian Cooper, for those of you keeping track at home, that I appreciate the fact that not only uh, did you brew a pumpkin spice beer, but you sent it in. Like a lot of people are very nervous or very shy. About the fact that they um, even like to drink these stupid beers. I like them personally. I try to drink whatever you know whenever they they come out. I try to drink them. So 
Yeah. Uh, is this your first pumpkin spice beer? No, it's not. It is a uh, yearly tradition. Is uh, my wife likes them quite a bit as well, and okay. I, I like them every once in a while too. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if they're if they're done right, you know what I mean. And we're about to find out if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, give me that bottle. What are you guys hogging my bottle for? <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Brian Cooper. Why don't you start All us right. off, please? Yeah, so we had a, a light hiss when we opened it there. Uh, bottle fill looked good. A thirty B in the twenty fifteen guidelines. Uh, and yeah, thanks for saying we don't get these every day. Uh, the nose has a, a pleasant, uh, but to me, somewhat kind of big um, clove and nutmeg um, spice character up front. It does it does smell like the expected uh, spices, albeit strong. I will admit, I don't brew pumpkin spice beers. I and I think like if if they get. Even to the point where they're just a little bit above the style, which it, the style can almost be anything. <laughs> just kind of neutral base beer that, that lets the pumpkin spices shine over. I don't know. Um, I, I just all I'm tasting is spices, and I I don't um, I don't drink these beers, so I, I shouldn't let that color my impression of beer. Because actually, what's there is is pleasant and it smells good, um, and. Uh, there's no, there's a light little spicy herbal hop, uh, but not much in there. Mm-hmm. No, no DMS or diacetyl. It's actually nice clean beer. Uh, the maltiness is low, you know, a little bready, kind of bread like crackery, you know, graham cracker kind of quality underneath there. Um, plays nice with the spices. Um, Appearance wise, it's a clear orangey amber color with a low white head that has almost no staying power. It fall, it fell flat. And I don't know if it's something in the Spices that is killing the head there. Some oils from the, you know, like, you know cloves or some. Some of those spices have a little bit of oils in them that'll that'll help that head just fall flat. So uh, you have to maybe forgive that. Um, flavor wise, it's um, you know what it's pleasant and has a spicy, warm pumpkin pie like um, flavor to it. I like this beer. It's actually not. It's not harsh. The spices are smooth. They're up there. They're up there, but they're not um, uh, not rough and, and, and too intense. Uh, there is a lot of that kind of clove oil kind of sensation in the background. I'm getting a lot of that almost anise-like clove, just this, like, okay, there's a, lot, a, a good amount of spice in there. Um, it's not hoppy. It's, it's uh, you know, the bitterness is low. Um the ferment seems very clean. It's it's nice and clean beer. Um, you know, maybe a low temp ale. It's balanced to the malt and and the spice. I guess you could say it's balanced the spice. Um, and the aftertaste just has lingering. You know, nutmeg, allspice, clove, maybe a little cinnamon. It's just a plethora of of uh, spicy flavors in there. Uh, uh, and it really sticks in there. But after a while, you get the malt back a little bit. In, in the late aftertaste, it's like, okay, some of the oils just kind of dissolve away, and you get, okay, it's still a beer. I don't know what kind of beer, but it's beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mouthfeel-wise, it's medium light-bodied with a, uh, a medium-low carbonation. There's no, you know, although there's a lot of spice here, it's not a, an astringent, really biting beer. It's actually pretty smooth, which is it's surprising given the level of spice here, so that's nice. I'm not getting any uh, alcohol warmth in the beer. It just seems like kind of a middle of the road, you know, five and five and a half percent or something like that. Um, uh, overall impression: this beer is clean. I really like that it's a nice, clean base beer. And um, if this was brewed, you know, around the the winter holidays, um, I'm not getting any oxidation either in the in the bottle here. So. Um, if it's from that time, uh, we'll talk about that. It, it, you know, nice job keeping the oxidation out. No, no cardboard or paper in there. It has all the desired notes for a, a pumpkin spice beer, uh, warming, smooth alcohol and spice, kind of playing off, you know, the you know light maltiness that's in there. Um, I would, uh, I would keep the 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 uh, spices just a little bit lower. Um, it's maybe just, well, the CO2 might've been a little bit low. Again, the head kind of falls flat. It wasn't super 
prickly, just kind of fell a little flat, but um, it's still a fun beer, and um, it tastes like a pumpkin spice beer. I gave it a 35. I probably should have given it a 37, because it's actually a pretty good beer. Uh, but I'm stingy, and I, I you know, no, I, <laughs> I, I I try not to let my impression of a certain beer style color my... I, yeah, you should be able to judge any style, but like when you're a judging in a competition and you you know fill out the forms right, you can make it so that you just don't judge those beers. And again, I don't hate pumpkin spice beer. I just I don't seek them out. So maybe it'll be better to listen to what Brian Two has to say. Brian Two, Electric Boogaloo, let's go. Number two, all right. Uh, so. Uh, I was distracted at the very beginning. I'm not sure if uh, Mr. Cooper should be Dr. Cooper. We're doctors of homebrew. We're not, we're not misters. We are doctors. So Dr. Uh, Brian Cooper, I'm not sure if you mentioned the base beer of this. Uh, I didn't. Okay. So uh, when you're doing a spice beer like this, this is a Category 30B, which was, uh, I think, like a fall. Uh, it's one of the new categories in 2015. What did they call that one? It's like the fall... Uh, uh, fall seasonal spiced beer. Spiced beer. Fall, uh, aut- yes, autumn seasonal beer, yes. Which is the fancy way of saying Halloween, I guess. It's international, maybe for countries they don't do Halloween quite like we do. Or Thanksgiving. So, exactly. Th- Thanksgiving, you can serve this for Thanksgiving, and it'd be really nice for Thanksgiving dinner, actually. That's what I associate with pumpkins. Um, but the, what you're supposed to do is declare pie, your... Anyway. Well, exactly. Pumpkin mm-hmm. pie is... Yeah, Halloween. It's, it's very Thanksgiving-y, but uh, if you're lucky, you might get it by Halloween. Uh the base beer is 13B British Brown, and two of the classic examples that are given uh, are Newcastle, uh, the classic one, not the post-Heineken uh, slash Lagunitas. I'm not going to open that can of worms, okay. oh, but just state that that's, that's so bad. I haven't had it. I don't have an opinion. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, you haven't had it? it? I have not. Have it just for the culture. Do it for the culture. It's terrible. I'm not going to buy a full six-pack based on what you've said about it. It's awful. It's it's brown water with a penny in it. It's so, so gross. I, so Fit I should one. buy like a full six-pack of that. Yeah. And then do what with it? Give it to Peter. <laughs> Return the five-pack yeah. and ask for five-sixths of your money back. Uh, it's Bad, okay. Bro. All right. So think of classic Newcastle, which doesn't, isn't a big beer. You know, it's it, it's in uh, Sam Smith's Nut Brown, which I've always liked a lot. But again, yeah. it's not a big beer. It's a great so beer. The base style, the uh, British Brown. You know, it's low alcohol. It's low malt, low hops. But it's got fla- it's got flavor. But it's not a big flavor. It's it's refreshing. But you know, just kind of a mm. uh, uh, you know, there's not a lot. To it, like not, a little so, nuttiness, and that's about it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like exactly. me in high school. I had flavor. It wasn't big flavor, but I had some flavor <laughs> and a little nuttiness and a little. No, wasn't much to me. Or <laughs> we've got some ball powder here if you need it. Yeah, I do. We are just in fuego tonight. This is like the best. This is one of the best shows we've done for a long time. <laughs> yeah. oh, Chris wow. is like, oh my I god, say dude, at get the, me like out of three here. minutes in. Uh, the uh, aroma, uh, very spice forward. The spice is very pumpkin pie. You know, I got, uh, like Brian, nutmeg. I got a uh, high cinnamon. Uh, the nutmeg and cinnamon, to me, were really great together. Uh, other spices were in there, too. I know there's always stuff like mace. Uh, I have to confess, I couldn't pick mace out of a lineup as far as what that specific spice mm. is supposed to smell like. But if I smelled it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I recognize that smell. You know, it's got a nice variety of spices in here. Uh, they're pleasant. They're at kind of a medium-high level in the aroma. I get a little very low malt aroma, but the spices obviously dominate the aroma of this beer. No hop aroma, no off aromas. I gave it 9 out of 12. Appearance, 3 out of 3. Color is uh, copper to maybe on the dark side of copper. Uh, head is medium and dissipates quickly, as Brian says. That's often a consequence of the oils and the spices, so not, not surprising. Uh, this sample is really clear but not uh, quite crystal clear. Still, it's totally appropriate for style, hence three out of three. Uh, Flavor. Uh, Initially, the flavor is pumpkin spice, just like the aroma. Uh, You get a little low malt, comes up mid-palate. get a little nutty character uh, at a low level, uh, but not much. The spices really dominate the flavor all the way through. Uh, There's some low hop bitterness to balance. Uh, Nice job with the hops. The hops are there which they need to be, but you don't have the hop flavor that gets in the way. And hop flavor can really be problematic when you're trying to mix with spices, especially a blend of spices like this. 
not yeah. every hop plays well with every spice. You want to uh, use something that's not going to give you a really coarse, harsh bitterness. Yeah, exactly. Or, or even like a really uh, prominent intense. flavor. Like, yeah. I, I love Simcoe. I love Citra. I love you know, Idaho 7. Columbus. Love, and yeah, but yeah, I, I can't imagine like Idaho 7 is going to go with this. Right. Even though it's one of my favorite hops. Uh, it, it's but so good, good, good selection of hops and uh, good way to be restrained with them, so you get some bitterness, but not not the flavor. Uh, finish is long and dry and spicy. Uh, you know the pumpkin spice, not like spicy heat. Uh, it's well attenuated, which is great. Uh, the only knock I have on this is there's really not much character of the underlying beer style. Which, according to the guidelines, you're supposed to be able to still have some of the character of the underlying beer, which is going to be tough because the underlying beer is a very light style that there's not a lot to. But still, I gave this 13 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Body's medium-low. No warming. Medium carbonation. It's neither creamy nor astringent. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it just, it is, it's a pumpkin-spiced beer. Yeah. It, it's good. Uh, overall impression, I, you know, I compare this really favorably to the Dogfish Head Pumpkin, hmm. which is, I like pumpkin spice beer, but I don't like a lot of them. A lot of them, just the spices hit land on my palate wrong. It's not like they're badly made, but you, go, you, you always go to the store around like Halloween, early November, and there's suddenly, you know, 10 different six packs of some kind of pumpkin spice beer. Uh, and yeah, I generally don't. I, I like them, but I generally don't seek them out because they just the spice combinations don't always suit me. And the dogfish head pumpkin does, and this really does remind me a lot of, yeah. of pumpkin because it's sweeter on the spices and sweeter in the beer. Because yeah. a lot of them can be too dry and weird. And yeah, you want to have some yeah. sweetness because it's not yeah. going to play right otherwise. Exactly. I mean, the point of these beers is to be reminiscent of of pie. And you, yeah. you make them with the spices because right. the pumpkin itself, you can getting... spend all the live long day, you know, baking pumpkin and throwing it in your mash. It's not going to taste like anything. In fact, it's going to, in virtually every example I've had of people that have tried to mash pumpkins, uh, it just makes the beer thinner and it just doesn't taste that good. You know what? You should, the only example, I, I would normally agree with you until I had the rogue pumpkin beer okay they do the sugar pumpkins and and, and roast them beforehand okay. and that caramelization of that of the ah, meat yeah. yeah it it comes through in the beer because i've okay. roasted pumpkins to make pumpkin pie and that smell and sort of flavor comes through in that beer and so for whatever they're doing they're doing it they're doing it well so yeah. you 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 can get some flavor out of it too but anyway what did you uh score this no, but I, I totally believe that uh and i just before i, I get this just very briefly here uh I have a little bit of a dilemma in mm. that the advice that I should give from a style standpoint is, you know, back off on the spices and stuff and let the base beer come Bring through. The-, the thing is, I really like this beer the way it is. You mm. know, I it's it's a spice bomb, but it's not like, oh, God, this is – it's not a spice bomb in the sense that you, you have a sip and you don't want to have any more. You have a sip, right. and I want to have more of this. Uh even though it's because it does obscure the base style. Yeah. So, but I, I spent some time kind of puzzling over this uh, when I was judging this at home this afternoon. And I pulled up the style guidelines for 13B. And one of the things you can have in 13B is caramel uh, malt and uh, chocolate malt, even like in very low levels. And I wonder if rather than backing off on spices, adding just maybe a little bit of caramel malt a little bit of chocolate malt. So bump up the, a softer so bump chocolate up the base beer. Bump up the base beer to maybe be on the high end. Because even if you're going on the high end of like a 13B, it's still not going to be like a giant beer. Uh, and I think that that might get you more where you want to go. And maybe like Brian was saying, maybe you back off stuff just a little bit. Maybe 10% on spices. Spice. Maybe. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but I gave it 7 out of 10 overall impression. Uh, total score 37. Thought it was really good. And while we're talking, I'm going to finish the rest of this sample here. <clears throat> All okay. right. Here's where I would go with this beer. My idea, and this might be a million-dollar idea for somebody, <laughs> make a... I love a, it already. A, a PSL pumpkin spice beer. Pumpkin spice latte? Yeah. Add some right. coffee. Nice, smooth, you know, dark you could roast do that, coffee. Yeah. Cold, you know, cold brewed, added in secondary. Add some lactose in the in the beer, so you get a kind of creamy coffee and cream like compression. 
with the pumpkin spice and have a beer that tastes like a pumpkin spice latte. If somebody sent that to us, that would be fun. Pumpkin spiced milk stout. There you go. Yeah, that's that's, that's your PSL yeah, right there. That, that's your million dollar idea. Yeah, that that's would be like good. White white girls all over this country would just go nuts. So that would probably be a specialty uh, pumpkin yeah, like spiced a, a, a milk stout with spice, coffee. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. spicer vegetable beer. But yeah, th- that would be uh, fun. I don't order those. You know, even when they everybody gets excited when they come out. Okay, but, I might make that this um, fall, Brian. You know, I, might, the, I might put this on my list of right things now. to do. I, yeah. So I agree with you guys. I like this beer too. When I uh, when I smell it. It smells like a fucking pumpkin pie. Yeah, it sure does. Because it has that creaminess. It has the, the. It actually smells like like canned pureed pumpkin, which a lot of pumpkin spice beers do not do. They smell like spice. I don't get a whole lot of spice. I get like actual pumpkin, which I know is irrelevant, but it, it makes me. It evokes pumpkin. My problem is, I think it's too bitter. I think it's too harsh in a, in a bitter in a bitter thing. But that's you know. Well, that might just be me, uh, Chris. I'm going to revisit that quick. Let's uh, let's yeah. hit your recipe up real fast, man, and, and tell us how you did this so we what can spices? we can stop talking out of our yeah. asses. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah, that, that kind of was the goal of this one is to kind of make it like pumpkin pie. So that's why I chose the base beer. It kind of seemed like a good kind of. I think it works. I don't know. Kind of like like pie crust. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it smells like I'm smelling pumpkin pie, and which. I don't really get a whole lot in some of these beers, so already that's I mean that's great. Yeah, right on. All right, so grain bill was this is a five five gallon batch, so eight gallons. I'm sorry, eight pounds of Maris Otter, three pounds of Light Munich, two pounds of Aromatic, fourteen ounces of Cara Munich, and I put in half a pound of brown sugar um, in the boil. And hops, it was just point six ounces of Northern Brewer at 90 minutes um i did do a fair amount of spice in this one so i think i think you guys might be right maybe i should back off a little bit but i did like what came out as well so it was one teaspoon of nutmeg at five minutes one teaspoon of whole cloves at five minutes and two vietnamese cinnamon sticks at five minutes and then after fermentation I added one teaspoon of vanilla extract and two cinnamon sticks and let that sit for about five days until I racked it. Vanilla. Like yeah. I think that's helping you here. This is That's nice. The vanilla, I don't really perceive, and usually I'm really sensitive to it, so that's that's a nice smoothing But I think agent. it aids the perception of yeah. sweetness. And, I, I really do. Yeah. And I like the, if you back off on your spices, sort of a thing, the proportion of your spices is fantastic. So it, it might be tough to do. But if you back off on the spices, I wouldn't, like, back off on one more than the others. I would try to keep the same proportion. Yeah, the proportion is yeah. good. I would say maybe the cinnamon was a little high to me, but... Um, and maybe. The, well, the clove was a little a high, little. too. The cl- clove is such an intense spice. But, yeah. That's true. Maybe, maybe we, we call it all those. a little bit more of those. No mace, though. No. Hmm. Gotcha there. Yeah, I know. I was thinking maybe there was mace in here, but I was wrong. But you didn't can recall specifically. Yeah, there that. should be, and another invention that someone could make would be like a, a, a smellomatic attachment that you just put on your iPhone. You're like, you know, because your brain, your phone is your brain anymore. Like, well, what does May smell like? I forgot phone brain. Tell me, and it just emits a smell. And you're like, oh yeah, that's what May smells like. That's cool. You're giving away all. You're giving away like millions yeah. of dollars of ideas here, and I'm like your patent guy, and I'm like right here, sitting eight I'm feet just, away from you. If There's like, do boom, it, you've just blown absolute novelty, you man. Know, if you make <laughs> 10 million bucks, just send me a, a half a million. I'll be fine with it. Exactly. Like smell-o-vision, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Chris, are you in a homebrew club? <clears throat> no, I'm not. So you're a lone homebrew wolf. Well, okay. That's right. So what do you think, Chris? You got questions for these guys? Are we... Uh... We help no, yeah, you guys are awesome. What was the, so what was really the, appreciate it. All right, Thank well, you. Good. What was the year awesome, on Chris? One? The yeast? <laughs> just kind of neutral. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeast, it was uh, WLP 007, the dry English ale. 07, okay. Yeah, nice. Right. I like yeah. that one a lot. That's, it, kind of, that's kind of my go-to myself. Yeah, I I like the attenuation quite a bit. I like dry yeah. beers. So it was uh, 6% ABV and finished out at 10.08, so... 
Wow, wow. nice. That's bigger than this For finishing too. as low as it did, it does have the perception of enough sweetness to balance everything else that's going on there. Yeah. I think that's probably again yeah, the vanilla. You guys are right. I think the vanilla really helped. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and nice. it's just just that's the the key is is just enough, right? Like beers that people put affirmatively, like oh, I'm going to make a vanilla beer. To me, they're always way over vanilla, and you yeah. had such a restrained hand with the vanilla that it doesn't come across like it overwhelms everything, but it does kind of give you that underlying sweetness and th- th- some idea there's something there tying it together. But in baking, when you when a recipe calls for one teaspoon of vanilla, you always put two, right? I mean, that's what you do. I don't bake. Okay. So <laughs> Well, I have my, you know, uh, my grandmother's recipe for, for uh, uh, banana bread muffins. It calls for one teaspoon of vanilla. If you just add one teaspoon, it's not as good as if you add mm. two. Two is, is prime. Well, then three should be better. So don't listen to your grandma. So uh, my grandfather always said about pills. Oh, yeah. One is good, two is better, and take three. <laughs> See? Exactly. Um, all right, Chris. Well, if that's it, man, we'll let you go. All right. Thanks, guys. Cool. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks dude. Yeah. Thanks, man. Later. Yeah, I like the beer. It was just, uh, it was also kind of a little tanning, too. It, was, it doesn't hit right, but well, yeah. that smell was so good. He mentioned yeah. it had been around for a while, and it had been from the holidays when I was chatting with him about it yeah. earlier. But, uh, yeah, um, held up nicely. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I mean, we both gave it, like, high 30s. It's a well-made beer. It's a good beer. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, hang on, everybody. We're going to be right back with uh, Peter Munoz, direct from Russia. Pete the Dink. Somebody's got to show up. Now count backwards from 100. 99, 98, that's it. 97, 96. Now back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. We're rinsing my glass here, and it still smells like pumpkin spice. So whatever Peter brought, it's about to be pumpkin spiced, dude. I don't know if the pumpkin spice will stand up to Peter's beer. Yeah. Mm. You can mix it half and half, and probably still taste the same. (laughs) What did you bring for us, man? I brought an American Amber Ale. An American Amber Ale. Pretty straightforward. You know what? I, I recently bought... My first Amber Ale probably in like 10 years the other wow. day. It was a six-pack of Boont Amber Ale. And, and was it good? Oh, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No? I think it's just, it was kind of old. Like, the first bottle was yeah. like, it was a little green thing going on, but the second or third was fine. It was kind of weird, but I, I, I think it was an older bottle, so I'm, I'm excited to taste your well, Amber Ale. Well, it is an old style. It's an old style, but I think yeah. it was brewed like six months ago, because oh, yeah, my Safeway yeah. does not turn over beer very well. But like, oh, let's just let's take a gamble. I feel like Amber Ale is sort of the next pale ale, and sort so. of a little resurgence thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think malt is coming back, you know, yeah. and yeah. also that malt and hop character. Yeah. I think it's going to come back a little bit more. All right. Well, yeah. uh, which bottle? Um, which of these bottles is is your amber? I so I can have some. this one right here. All right. Uh, People, so Peter, it's gone around. Peter, how long have you been brewing, my friend? I have been brewing since nine. No, two thousand four. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Uh, about, okay. Two thousand four. Yes. All right. I started before you. I think you did. Yeah. 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 All right. I think I met Peter in 2007 when my That's right, yes, was starting yes, out. Like the and, second meeting. And you had That's uh, cute. Back when I had ponytail hair. down your back. <laughs> That's and, right. You used to uh, rock yeah, your pony. Now, that, man. Yeah, you brought yeah. uh, a a, an now. arrogant bastard clone to our meeting an in oak, a bottle. An oak an arrogant bastard. arrogant bastard. With, in a bottle that had flames etched up the sides oh, yeah, of the bottle. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and, and I, I still thought, have that bottle. This is a cool guy. I like I like this Peter guy. And we have been friends ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite the terrible beer he brought. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, all right, well, which one of you, Brian's wants to go first with Peter? Considering he's in the room and within arm's distance of both of you. Yes, Pete, I'll, I'll, oh. this is Brian Shar. I'll go first. Peter is sitting here three feet away from me. And uh, he's a good friend that I've known for, yeah, 10-plus years at this point. So, yes, 15, 10, 15 years? Yeah, 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 uh, we've judged many times together. We've judged many times together, so, yes, I will look at him while I'm giving him this feedback. And I preface it with all this because, uh, you know, this this beer has some problems. It does. uh, Which, thankfully, you recognize. If you didn't, then we would be having maybe a different conversation right now. I don't know. I I don't know. It tastes great. I don't know know what's wrong with it. It's awesome. I'm going to have more. 
more. Our friends love uh, daily. <laughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. The uh, hop aroma, it's there. Uh, it's high and it's kind of citrusy. Okay. But it's really hard to pick out because there's very high fusel slash solvent uh, aroma going on. In fact, it's fusely enough that I almost get a headache smelling this. Uh, and it's kind of in that intersection of is it phenol, is it fusel? I'm going more that it's more of a fusel character because I'm not getting the – there's some plastic but not smoke. But it's really more of that kind of solventy, sort of high alcohol. And if it's the thing that gives you the headache, okay. Yeah. Or what's it? To me, that's kind of the the key sign of fusels. Uh, and that kind of overwhelms everything. I really don't get any malt or anything else, uh, aside from some hop aroma, which does kind of peek out there sometimes. So that's uh, sadly four out of twelve for aroma. Wow. Uh, appearance, Generous. yeah. <laughs> well, there is the courtesy minimum we're okay, talking yeah. about here. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to give my first zero here on Doctor Homebrew. I don't have pent up aggression <laughs> toward you, Peter. This is. Uh, uh, it's not like I've just paid my malpractice premiums or something. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm happy and calm. Uh, I should just pay my malpractice premiums in real life, so but that's a whole other uh, thing. Uh, appearance: two out of three. Colors: medium brown. Uh, it's kind of on the dark edge of style, but it's still appropriate for for an amber. Uh, it's clear. Uh, it's but no a head. Very small head that vanishes almost immediately, which is not to style. So that's your know, doctor mm-hmm. point for that. So it's two out of three. Uh, flavor. Initially, the flavor is that you know fusel slash phenol, which I think is primarily the fusels. Uh, don't really perceive any malt. There's a low citrus hop flavor that kind of matches the citrus hop I get in the aroma. Uh, high bitterness. The uh, bitterness dominates the finish. Uh, it's well attenuated, uh, which I like. Uh, Begin the fusel, like with the aroma, the fusels are just over overwhelming. Uh, so I give the five out of twenty for flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel three out of five. Uh, carbonation's low. Body's medium. Uh, there's really no warming. I get a, a low astringency out of it, which probably is a function of the the fusel alcohol and phenols. Overall impression, I gave it a three. Because the fusels, what I perceive is the fusels are just overwhelming, I, and it's yeah. it's just very difficult to drink. Uh, and the the fusels, you know, I'll wait until after Brian has had a chance to do this. But I'll, I'd be curious about your fermentation uh, process and your fermentation temperature because the, the fusels, especially when they're really strong, uh-huh. kind of the key. Unlike most other beer flaws, it's not generally bacteria or contamination related. It's more process-related in terms of fermentation temps. So uh, classic fusel profile is you have uh, a you know, five-gallon bucket of something you're fermenting. You don't have a fridge or temp control. You put it in a corner in your living room. You go to work, and suddenly it's 90 degrees in the summer, and your fermentation temp gets up to like 95 or 100. You finish fermenting in six hours. Uh, but that high-temperature excursion causes the yeast to generate all kinds of these higher alcohols that are the, the fusels. But I, I, if I was going to guess, I'd guess that's what happened, but we'll let Brian uh, judge it, and then we'll talk to you about what happened. Okay. I just tried that beer. Whew. Yeah. Peter. I know. That's bad. I know. <laughs> got a, like, and I'm not just saying it because we're friends. That's bad. Kind of that's a badass beer, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we've got an American Amber Ale. Well, and, and he did advise us that the sample we have is not carbonated. So it was a, the first one we've opened in a long while. Where there was You crack the bottle and there's no hiss whatsoever. You know, the fill level was fine. The label room, you know, it's a nice clean bottle, no hiss. Um, so, yeah, and the nose, um, chlorophenolic all the way. Um, medicinal kind of hospital-like. You know, um, just, just disinfectant like note. Yeah, just to put a fine point on it for anyone out there listening, like think of the last sort of antiseptic y kind of chlorinated thing that you've smelled in your homebrew and magnify it mm-hmm. by like 10. It's so sharp in that way. Um, it's, it's sort of unlike anything I've ever smelled, especially tasted. With this sort of like thing going on, you ever have a sore throat and get that the throat spray? I mean, and usually it's cherry flavored, but it has mm-hmm. cherry and this. 
Hmm. It's like, oh, you know, or I think there's the, there's a red one and then there's a green one, which is just the phenolic. Yeah. And it reminds you of that stuff that you put on your, right, your mom right, put it on yeah. your, right into on the microphone, right, right, right into I'm the microphone. Yeah, it reminds me of when my mom would put that red stuff on, on any time I scrape my knee or oh. chili paste. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chili paste, yeah. <laughs> That'll teach you to scrape your knee. Yeah, yeah. how yeah. dare you fall mm-hmm. down? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Just so, uh, I think it sort of bears uh, refining yeah. there. Beer wise, uh, and that just comes out right up front. Beer wise, there's a low maltiness with a slight caramelly note. It's actually not bad. Uh, low citrusy hop with a, a lot of resin, uh, a little pine, a little um, you know, kind of grapefruit. Um, but the hop is really obscured by the phenols. You have to, you know, it's 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 high. You can tell it's a, a fairly nicely high hop beer. And I'd, I'd love to taste the clean version of this. Um, but uh, you know, as low, fairly low fruity esters are also just really obscured. Um, but yeah, the, the hop character that's there is you know, I, that's it's one one of its redeeming qualities is that the oh, hop character only. is kind of nice. Well, it's only uh, well, although. You got it in the glass. You got it yeah, in the bottle. I got it in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> As Greg Robles would say, <laughs> our friend Greg. Um, but no, it's 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 kind of semi clear. It has a nice color to it. It's a nice reddish amber color with um, no head. You can't tell regarding retention or or the head color or texture. But uh, it's fairly clear, and it's a nice nice reddish amber, deep amber colored beer. Which is appropriate for the style, so you know it gets one point for that. Cooper um, is so much better at giving like a bad prognosis to a patient than I am. Your bedside manner is so much better than mine. <laughs> oh, maybe I missed it my just, calling. Little, he eases it in. Oh yeah, and uh, it's true. Getting into the flavor, wow! There's gnarly chlorophenolic right up front. <laughs> I rarely use the word gnarly on a score sheet, but in this case, I had to do it. It's impressively dominant. <laughs> like, it's so impressively there. <laughs> I, you can't taste anything else. You really can't. I can barely That's taste hard. the pumpkin yeah, the, spice the nose, that was in the glass before. Yeah, and the nose, you can get other stuff, but in the flavor, you mostly just get, boom, you hit hit that, that chlorophenolic hits you and bites you and stays and lingers well into the aftertaste of the beer. Um, there's a bit of caramel in there. And it finishes dry, um, but yeah, there's something going on. There's a flawed, uh, something really flawed here. Uh, the medicinal bite is really high, and, and it's balanced. The flaw shines out over the malt, over the hop, um, just lingers long in the aftertaste. But there's there's a little bit of hop there, again, a little resiny thing, um, it, which would be a lot higher if it didn't have that in the way, and it would probably be nice. You can tell the hop is, is um, you know, well balanced with the beer can and, and where it should be if it didn't have the defect in the way mouthfeel wise medium body no obvious warmth not creamy there's a biting astringency to it and that that can be caused by chlorophenolic um there's no carbonation the beer should have carbonation i, I came up to it a, a two on the mouthfeel um overall impression i just wrote one word yeah Mm. <laughs> See, you can be brutal. Sorry, no. I, I normally I would write a lot more. This would be a beer that for an entrant that you know needs that feedback and that really is wondering what's going wrong with their beer. You would give them tons of feedback about okay, if you're using um, you know uh, municipal source water that's treated with um, chloramines, you know filter those out of the water if there's. You know anything with chlorine in it? Chlorophenolic comes from from chlorine, so um, we're really wanting to get rid of any potential source of chlorine in your water, um, anywhere along the way in your equipment that you're using somehow, or you know anything any source of chlorine. Uh, people in the old days used to sanitize with with um, you know dilute bleach and. Uh, people usually don't do that anymore. They know to use the, use your star sand, you know. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. So chlorophenolic. I'll, I'm reading the the Barnes guide is you know uh, adhesive tape and a spear guide band aid. <laughs> <laughs> the Barnes uh, mm. beer flaws guide. You can search for uncured lacquer. Uh, you know, mm. mouth medicinal mouthwash. Um, and they have an astringent, drying, and numbing, or even prickly or puckering mouthfeel. 
Um, and this is, you know, origin is going to be process slash equipment faults or contamination. Tastes so, like shit. I mm, think it's what um, it should really be up to. So what do you think? So you're, what did you give it, by the way, Brennan? Did you already score? I, I came up from my original 13 to 14. <laughs> Man. Okay. Just for fun. So Thank you. <laughs> you're an accomplished home brewer. You've won I some have. shit. So Actually, what do you think happened? Before you, we get you, into you anything, made, what do you think beer, happened? Peter. What's that? He you does. made good beer, Peter. You shared two other really good made, beers. Uh, we, I made the old ale that's right here yeah. that I was passing around. Uh, that got second place in best of show. Yeah, I enjoy it. First your place in category, nice. second place in best of show. Yeah. Yeah. So I know how to make decent mm-hmm. beer. So what happened I here? You really what do you think? Um, several things. Oh, shit. Uh, one, I did, uh, and as I was discussing with Brian earlier, I yeah. did use, our, this is RO water, mm-hmm. uh, treated with uh, using Beersmith uh, for the amber balanced um, profile. Amber profile. Okay. kind of, yeah. So nothing too crazy. Uh-huh. Um, the, the recipe is uh, two remote. One pound, or I'm sorry, eleven pounds two row for um, one pound crystal sixty half pound uh, victory malt. Yeah, hopped with uh, Columbus for bittering, uh, Chinook at thirty, and Cascade at five. And how so, much? How much chlorine for per five gallon? About a gallon. Okay, that's 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 what I would have guessed. And, yeah. and but everything is pretty straightforward. It was a pretty easy brew day. Yeah. Now this is fermented with Kyvek. Now uh, I have actually used, uh, and this is actually the Kyvek Voss. I've used this yeast hmm. probably seven times now. Okay. So I understand its fermentation. I, or at least I think I do. I, as you know, I. I'm pretty um, smart, autistic, uh, fairly smart, yeah. autistic. Anyway, yeah. you want to look at, but, yeah. but I do, I do, I do my research. I, I'm on yeah. several Quebec groups, and I, and so I, I, I follow this thing. I, I'm, I'm like in it. I don't know. know why that's funny to me, but there's it is. Quebec there, there are, There's actually there's two Quebec groups, and they're they're very good. I'm sure they are. You're like the most Latino Scandinavian guy that yeah. there is. And, and, and I, there, there are several things about that because I'm trying to. I really want to learn uh, that process. Yeah, you know, yeah. How, cool. and their history because I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, when you listen to people from Norway. They're talking about making New England IPAs. Of course they are, because like, oh, yeah. they're all... Come on, man. Well, it's, 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 it's 2020. Yeah. It's global. Yeah. We have the internet. Everybody learn, wants you know, to do stuff you can't do locally. Well, that's. Brewing. I mean, it's the same thing in England. We were trying. Yeah. To, we're trying to figure yeah, out how to, to. We were five, eight years ago. How to make like nice English style beers, and they want to know how to make IPAs. Anyway, so so yeah, what so, do you so think? Going back to the beer. So what do you think happened? Um, and actually, I've used this yeast several times. I've yeah. gotten really good results. And again, I use RO water. It's built up, so I know that's from the, the same source as any other beer that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ferment at eighty-five, which is under the like high end. Okay. So it it could be. I I could say okay, some some um, hot phenols maybe, but or hot fusels. Where, where did you get your yeast from? Uh, that yeast, I got it from, what's the, uh, Yeast Bay. Yeast Bay, okay. Uh, and it was a fresh pitch. Fresh did you, pitch, make, did you yeah. make a starter? No, not with that one. Because you don't have to. No. No, you're, and then you're, you should underpitch. I... Not, not like incredibly underpitch, but there is... With that, with that yeast, uh, strain? Yeah, you you, you can it stress it out and, and it's fine. So, I mean, um, this might be a really dumb question, but is it possible that your RO system didn't work and you're just using unfiltered water? Possibly. Okay. Now, the other thing that, uh, and I was talking with a fellow club member about this, when I, I did dry hop this beer with, um, I want to say Citra. Say Not it. a lot, but say a, a little. Yeah. But one of the things that we were because he got this kind of weird flavor as well, and we were wondering, is this a um, because we're fermenting at both eighty-five degrees? Mm-hmm. Is this a um, kind of like an effect from from fermenting or from dry hopping at such a high temperature? <sighs> Are we pulling out something out of the hops that could cause this? 
Uh, Good hops have may- gone bad. Yeah. It, it could be. I would be maybe shocked. That, that wouldn't be the flavor I would expect. I would expect something more vegetal. I, or I would think weird. so, too. I, I mean, mean I, I'm going to speculate. Yeah. But, you, Jason, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I can speculate oh, in a minute. Um, I was just going to say, I, I mean, that could be some of it, but I don't think it's all of it. I think you, you, there's a potential, because how focused this is, I would not be surprised if it was more than one thing wrong. More, And then the other thing I noticed, uh, on my, I, I have a 10-gallon conical, mm-hmm. and on the the gasket, mm-hmm. it has some mold growing on it. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Which, I don't know. Which gasket? I have the one like around the, one the top. Yeah, for the lid, yeah. right on the top. Yeah. Is it is it a is it a plastic or metal conical? Metal. It's, it is a stainless. Okay. I believe that's what they sell. And as you can see, there's some yeah. of the little. Yeah. Now smell the gasket. See, and I heard you talking about that before the show. God, that yeah, smells awful. There you go. See, here, let me smell that. I have a better. And I, I better think it could it. come from the gasket. Well, I, but I mean, yeah. I, I guess it could, but I would I would think that it's more of. During fermentation, the gasket, but these gaskets aren't supposed to hold, re- retain. It smells like butt. Yeah, no, actually, butt, it smells butt smells worse in a actually, different way. Yeah, it smells like uh, cheesy hops. Yeah, it's a little sour, a little funky, but but sort of vegetal in a hoppy See, way. See, and a gasket, sh- and that's silicone, so it should not. It should not. Yeah, you know. so I would take that back to whomever, and then see about getting replacement. But also, I but that smell is not what we taste or smell in the beer. No. And and, and, and again, I, again, I don't know. I've, I don't know, what I you don't did. know how many batches I've done. Yeah. And not enough, clearly, because this Apparently sucks. not. Yeah, this is the worst. And, um, <laughs> and, it, and it really, when this happened, it I have my process. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this really threw me for a loop. Sure. It, uh, it could have been maybe when I was cleaning... The the chlorine in the water that I, that from cleaning could have done it. I don't no, know. No, it's not. No, that's not not to this extent. I I'm going to speculate, and I don't mean again. I uh, uh, I've not used yeast from the yeast bay, and I don't mean to impugn anything about them. So I, you know, uh, uh, hey, they're uh, not sponsors. We can say whatever no, we want. No, dude, I, I don't I care. Guess <laughs> because what's what's to me what's happened to your beer is the intersection of two things. It's fusels mm-hmm. because that's where. Phenol, I'm pretty sensitive to, and I, I get phenol, a lot of phenol in here, but it doesn't give me the headache, and I, I smell that, and I start getting a headache, literally. And that's classic fusel, and fusel is from high temperature, and phenol is typically wild yeast or something like that. And I, I speculate that maybe what happened, especially because Kavik, Kavik, what's, what's the right Quebec. way to say it? Quebec. Quebec. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm Quebec is such a yeah. new thing, and everybody's excited about it, except for, I think, me. I, Quebec is like my hazy IPA for you, Jason. No. Uh, because you just I, have to embrace it. And I, you and can't I, hate it that much. I just, I've, and you can make clear beer with it. And I've, you know, I'm, I'm sure that people, there are good Quebec beers. I have not really had any, to my recollection. There's always yeah. something weird off with them. People are like, I can ferment at 100. And I'm like, yeah, you sure did. Uh and it's just I don't I don't get it, but yeah, I, I'm and, sure and, there and, are and some, I get that. I, and I and I'm sure there are some that. Are, but having said that, I, I speculate that maybe what happened is because it's a different yeast than people are used to handling and dealing with. Maybe the pitch you got had maybe wild yeast, maybe normal wild maybe, maybe, on it as maybe well. Wi- maybe wild, maybe normal cerevisiae yeast, because the Quebec, whatever other flavors you get. I, yeah, you're not going to get, like, the fusels off of a Quebec going up to an excursion of 80, 90, 100 degrees. No, because and, and it's Because that's the point of the Quebec, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But if there's something else in there that's, like, normal beer yeast, right, then that's going to start pumping out fusels at high temperature. And if you have something that's maybe a wild yeast in there also... Say so maybe it, maybe it was difficult to distinguish between the Quebec and maybe a wild yeast. And I'm not a geneticist. I don't handle now, I, yeast. I'm on actually finding basis. out that a lot of the yeast companies, such as Omega um, mm-hmm. and Bootleg, uh, White Labs has a, their own version. Mm-hmm. They're when they when they tell you what like again Voss, uh, 
because the Quebec strains can be like multiple strains. It's not just a single. Uh, it's not yeah, a singular that's, thing. Mm-hmm. That, so that, that's my opinion. And that's, that's what happening. Uh, what works for them? So it it can be <clears throat> any one of the the one strains that they like from the the Voss, okay. and uh, so each one is actually different. Yeah. So then, and, then, um, then you're multiple group. You had what you wanted, but and then that there was, was also something. Yeah, and there was something else. That didn't like the high temperatures. Yes, uh, and it was also kind of a wild yeast. So you ended up with the fusels and the phenols, and you ended up with this hot mess, which was, <laughs> I mean, and this is, I don't say that to be mean. No, because, no, you know, no, we're no. Friends, and I've known you for forever, but uh, it's, I mean, you're you're probably I'm, I'm sure you're more surprised about this than anybody. Oh, like, yeah, you know, what yeah, the hell definitely. happened? You, you, I know you don't. You know your process. You know your system. It's none of this stuff is stuff we have to tell you about. Uh, so, what's the only variable left? Right, the only variable left is the yeast, and the two problems that came out of this yeast are two problems that come from wild yeast and high temperature fermentation, uh, and that's maybe two things that ha- we know for sure. You had high temperature fermentation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there could have been wild yeast in that that blend, and that's the only thing I can speculate as to what happened. Okay, I agree, Brian. Does that yeah. does that make sense to you? I've been yapping. I've because, been monopolizing because Brian this was talking about chlorophenols, yeah. and that's that was my first impression when I first started. Peter Munoz, beer. stay on that microphone, or I'm going to kill you. Uh, no, yes, uh, get it right in front of you. Pull it, pull it, pull it in front of you, and move it where you want to go. But you wrong. need to be right on it. Also, I'm going to interrupt you because we're going to take a break. Put your lips Because we're almost phone. done. We almost ran out of time because okay. Brian Shar had to talk about you a bunch of shit. On. So just hang blah, on. We'll blah, come blah, right blah, back. Blah. We'll wrap this up. Just skip we'll finish whatever has time. to happen, and we're going to get out of here. So hang on. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S-Draft.com. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Okay, I'm sorry, who was up in the uh, let's beat up on Peter? Yeah, I think it was my turn. turn. Brian Cooper, go ahead, wrap it up. You're going to get about four minutes on this. Okay. And then we got to get out of here. I don't think it's so much fusels. I think it's just straight chlorophenolic. I don't know how. I don't know why. I think Peter's neighbor... Hates him. He came mm-hmm. over with a there could be, bottle I, of chlorine. I, I, I've, I, I've caused <laughs> Dumped problems. it into his beer and said, screw you. Yeah. I'm going to mess up your beer. Ha ha ha. Ran back to his house. But he wasn't talking to me. Oh. Mm-hmm. So maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he had a squirt gun. There was, the, there was the peeing on a, on a truck incident. Uh-oh. 
But let's let's uh, delve that, for, that for another another time. That's for another time. Oh. Well, the, the more and more that we talk about it, the more I think that I was right, and Peter just fucked up his filtering. It might be. It might be. But I buy water. See, that's the thing. You buy yeah. water to I, RO it. I buy RO water. You buy yeah. RO water. Yes, yes. I go to a water store because okay. Manteca water sucks. Right. Yeah. And you don't so, have an RO filter. No. Okay. Those so then, places are usually pretty good. I mean, they're, yeah. they're filtering. And, I, and I've been going to the same place yeah. for years, so he's usually pretty good. Did you taste your water beforehand? I do. I drink, it tasted fine. Oh, okay. Well, then, okay, it was, yeah. then, I'm, then yeah. I was wrong. I don't know. No, no, no. See, that's what I don't get. You'd be able to tell if the water was not... Properly ROed. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. That's so weird, dude. I don't know. Can it's we a, help Peter? Or can we not? I don't think we can. It's a weird mystery. So. It, Have it, we failed? I'm not. I'm Is this not, our first failure? In I'm not entirely convinced that it couldn't be something from wild yeast that is more on the plasticky phenolic side, but it still just smells distinctly and tastes distinctly like chlorophenolic, yeah. that chloroseptic yeah. taste and smell. Yeah. Now, now, a couple other things that I can bring up is as, of course, I. After talking with you, I filled a couple bottles, and I was going to send it to somebody to uh, reclaim the alcohol, as we call it. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was transferring it some into to a keg and dumping the rest, and I noticed along the top of the conical, uh, in the top dome, along the edge where the blow-off is, because that's where the yeast to uh, the excessive yeast escapes mm-hmm. there was like a dark almost brownish black ring of yeast mm-hmm. which i thought was mm-hmm. kind of odd I, you, i've you, seen that before is that normal yeah it happens because i was thinking maybe it that happens. could have caused it I just I don't, know. I, I don't I, I, but I think Brian Cooper's right I don't th- I think it's it's chlorophenol I, it's not I don't think it's a contamination issue yeah it's so it's so pungent and and um, um, sharp. And chlorophenol is inherently chlorine. It has yeah. to have chlorine. It has to come from it's, somewhere. It's it has to come from your water. Of, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Something happened. I don't know. That's very weird. It's very weird. I mean, too bad you can't send it to like a lab. You could. But but, but like the, for what are you testing for? That's why a, it was chlorinated? Why it tastes like crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's chlorophenolics in here. But the, or, or there's fusels in here. Yeah, Florida, I don't know. So. Because I do, I and that's you try why it. I it's brought so it. I weird. Do want to know? Yeah, I guess we can't help you. I'll chip in forty bucks to get it analyzed. I'll I'm, chip in Brian's kind of forty bucks. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'll, I'll take your forty bucks. No, I, <laughs> I got a lot of work. I stand by my speculation, but I also, yeah, I mean, it is possible. I mean, is it possible, even if you tasted your water, that maybe there's chloramines in there at a lower... But that shouldn't cause this much... Yeah. No. Because this is no. so, chlorophenol. That's why I, th- I think it's a combo of something. Yeah. It, it has mm-hmm. to be. It can't be one specific singular thing. It can't well, be. No, there's I, too much. And I've brewed with, like, again, um, man, again, Manteca water is crap. Mm. I've brewed with filtered Manteca water mm-hmm. and have made better beer than this. Yeah. What do you clean and sanitize with? I uh, clean with a uh, industrial caustic. Okay. And I sanitize with an industrial acid. Okay. It's, it's an acid. They call acid fourteen. It's, mm-hmm. Okay. It's parasitic or something. It's or? A, yeah, it's a parasitic acid. So you're not screwing around with any consumer <laughs> you're using like stuff. Pro I, I yeah. use stuff that'll yeah burn holes in your body. So you yes. should really you're wearing goggles and stuff. I hope. Yes, I yes, really okay. Yes, good because yes, you're smart. Well, that's what happened. Gonna, that, that's why he doesn't have ponytail anymore. Yeah, 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 it burns yeah, off. Yeah. He knows safety. Yeah, yeah. Safety your line of work. I know. What do you sanitize your bottles with? No, we're done, Brian. Sorry. What do you? We're done. What toothpaste do you use? We're done. Um, no, I'm just checking about maybe it's a bottle. You're cleaning issue. the windows in your brewery. No, no, this is pre-bottle. This is wow, okay. out of the fermenter. Wow. I'm grasping it's really bad. Peter, man. I'm sorry that we couldn't help you, dude. I don't yeah. know what's going on, but keep us posted because I would really like to know if you ever figure it out. Your I other will. beers, your double and your old ale are awesome. Thank so you. keep brewing. Mm. All right, well, I'm glad that we got uh, I got a sample of this and not the other shit. Time yeah. for a Brian at the brewing brewing network. Network. I need another doctor. Yes, send us your beer. Brian at the brewing if you want to be on Dr. Homebrew, and I promise that uh, unless your beer is as screwed up as Peter's, we can help you out. Hey, Brian, are right. you looking for, a, looking for a few good beers or something? We are. That's right. Peter, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you coming Thank in. You. All right. 
All right, everybody. Thanks a lot, and uh, we'll see you next time.